Hello, welcome to Free Will Science and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and today I'm here with George Ortega. In this episode, we're gonna de we're gonna define and refute free will, just like we did in some of our earlier episodes, and we haven't done that in a while. So, for some of our newer listeners, um, we can go into the basic different ways of explaining um, why we don't have a free will and why it matters. And George, I know that you've covered this in a variety of ways on your show. There's the there's the causality and the a causality way. There's also the subconscious, and there was something else too. I can't remember what it was though. Well, there's nature and nurture. There's like you know the the hedonic principle, the fact we're always seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. Yeah, yeah the hedonic imperative. Um, that I think that's a good way to start this one. With the, because we always um, do that which is the most pleasurable to us at the time in the current situation. That's okay. Yeah. And so here's the deal. We, like we explained that people do what feels good and avoid what feels bad. People are primarily avoiding pain. Um, but then someone, like they try to come up with an example, well, this person did, did this even though it caused them pain because they felt it was the right thing to do. And in that case, what we're seeing is an example of someone getting greater satisfaction from doing the right thing, um, you know, even though that might cause them some temporary pain in doing so. Right. Another way to look at it is let's say we, we draw an analogy between, you know, because sometimes we'll put ourselves into more pain, for example, like going to the gym and starting to work out, um, maybe, you know, losing weight, not eating as much. So we'll experience some pain in the present because we'll predict that that will lead to much greater pleasure in the future. And I think the analogy we can draw is when somebody has, like, for example, some money and they invested, let's say, in the stock market in some kind of investment, you know, for a while, they don't have access to that money. It's kind of like they've, they've lost that money, but, you know, they predict that, you know, eventually they'll have more money than they started out with by, by you know, by kind of like giving up control of, of a certain amount. So, so yeah, it's basically about the overall equation that, that we, we say to ourselves, huh, well, you know, if I, if I put myself through a certain amount of pain now, you know, I can expect or predict that that will lead to greater pleasure. So it's always about the, the greater, the, the overall equation. Yeah. Um, because it's not just about what gives us pleasure now, but what we predict will give us pleasure in the future. And what's interesting about that, um, like one way to explain it is nobody would do something that causes them pain if there wasn't some reward for it, some pleasure for it, you know? Exactly. Like, for example, a lot of times, let's say we're a parent or some someone like who has um, responsibility over, you know, uh, children, you know, people. And so, like, in a lot of cases like that, you know, parents will choose to kind of like deny themselves to kind of like um, not do what they really want to do because they, they they need to do what, you know, is the responsible thing to do. And like you were saying before, it's like there's two kinds of pleasure. There, you know, perhaps there are several kinds, but one kind is the pleasure of really doing what you want to do. 
the other is the pleasure of doing what you know is right to do. So, so one is about satisfying your desires, your, your um, kind of like sensory desires and all. And the other, as you were saying before, is about satisfying your conscience. So there are two kinds of pleasures, but, but we weigh them out. I think a lot of times we'll say, yeah, well, I'll derive greater pleasure by satisfying my conscience, because if I don't, then I'm going to feel guilty, and that's going to be, you know. So, yeah, we go through that. Yeah, and here's another thing to think about, George, is now, uh, uh, with what you just mentioned there, how people, they want to do the right thing, because if they do the wrong thing, they'll feel guilty. And yet, that's something that only applies to people who believe in free will, because to someone who understands that they don't have a free will, they're not going to feel guilty. Um, there, but there might be other reasons that they regret doing something. Chandler, that's an excellent point. So you're right. So, so um, rather than feeling guilty under a non-free will perspective, they may not feel guilty, but they'll still feel bad. You know, in other words, they'll acknowledge, like, the, the, let's, say, let's say, for example, a kid needs to be picked up at school, but the, the parent wants to play golf instead, right? <laughs> so, like, so, all right. So, the, so you know, the, the parent might go to the school because not, you know, and let's say this person, you know, understands that nobody has a free will, not because of the guilt, but because um, they know that, you know, if they don't pick up the kid, the kid's going to like be unhappy. And then that even though they're not feeling guilty, you know, about what they did, they'll, I think, you know, emotions are contagious. They'll feel unhappy because their child is unhappy. So, so can you see, like, so like we, you know, we might feel bad about a situation, that, um, about not doing the right thing, not because of the guilt that it would induce, but because of the displeasure, you know, because, because we know it's the, yeah, it, it's also, it's a manifestation of the hedonic imperative. It gives us pleasure to satisfy our conscience. You're right, regardless of whether um, we would feel, we, you know, whether or not we would feel guilty not satisfying yeah, it, it, this really all fits into consequentialism because what happens is if we do something that causes us pain or causes somebody else pain, which most likely results in them causing us pain over us causing them pain, then we don't like that result and we think, oh, I wish I hadn't done this because look at all the trouble I started. Exactly, exactly. So that's another part of the equation. They say, like, if, you know, if I cause another person, you know, it's kind of like this idea of karma. And again, even though we don't have a free will, we, 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 you know, we seem to have a sense that like, you know, what we do comes back to us, both the good and the not so good. Yeah, and in most cases, that's true. You are rewarded and punished um, based on what you do. But what's what I, I think we could we could go into our next explanation of why, how, even though, you know, we're rewarded and punished for what we do, but it's not really up to us. Because what we've, what we've done, um, under a determinist perspective, everything that happens has a cause. Therefore, anything we do has, has a cause, which had a cause, and it, it goes back to before we existed. But then the alternative, as you well know, is to say that some things happen for no reason at all, which would be indeterminism would mean that some things happen for no reason, including us. That means we can't be the reason why we did something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and how, 
how academics, how philosophers and some psychologists and all don't understand this, how they continue to invoke this quantum indeterminacy as a way of trying to salvage free will. It's beyond me how they don't understand this. I mean, like, you know, this is one of the challenges we're up against. I mean, it, it, it's basic logic. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why so many philosophers have tried to use indeterminism to somehow make room for free will. Because they realize, it's like they get that determinism cancels out choice, but then they start um, coming up with, well, maybe some things are random, and somehow they think that gives them free will. <laughs> And interestingly, we can use that as, as an additional illustration to show how we don't have free will, because like we tend to like to see ourselves as logical, rational beings. We tend to like want to, you know, do what we believe or think or conclude what we believe makes sense. So like here we have, you know, these philosophers, psychologists, they they want to consider themselves reasonable they want to be reasonable and be logical but then you have these emotions this emotional need to to cling to this belief in free will that completely hijacks their reasoning you know so and and these emotions it's not like they're up to them it's not like they're deciding you know of a free will to believe in free will you know this is something they for whatever reason need to do yeah and another thing is George, why do we want to see ourselves as logical, rational people? Well, I think because, you know, we, from our experience, I think maybe from what we've been taught, in a lot of ways, maybe not in all ways, but in a lot of ways, I think we're, we're taught to trust reason over emotion. You know, our emotions are they can be very capricious at times. They, you know, we could act on whim. We could just like... You know, we, we learn that acting according to what we want and, you know, these emotions can often get us into trouble when we, if, if we think things out and, and, and you know, kind of like behave logically or rationally. I think most of us are taught or, or learn in other ways that that's a wiser course. Yeah, well, I mean, we when we're thinking logically and we are understanding things correctly, then we end up doing better things, which cause us more pleasure. We are, we're more effective at getting what we want. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, and so, the, I mean, it's it seems to me very basic that through either causality or a causality, there's no way that we could be the first cause of something. But then there's also the unconscious um, aspect of it. People do things, but they don't know the reasons why they're doing them. You know, like, for example, the, there was the hip hypnosis experiments where they would give them a post-hypnotic suggestion, and then they would do stuff, and they didn't know why they did something, so they made up reasons. <laughs> and then people... Like, they're, they're, for example, people who watch uh, more TV, like, they're seeing all these food commercials and they're eating more. They're, it, it's weird how people eat based on what's advertised to them. I mean, if people were aware of just how much their environment uh, affects what they do, it would terrify them because they want to feel like they're in control. <laughs> yeah, now... We can kind of like explore that through two avenues. One, 
Like, for example, in terms of a simple decision of whether to pour, let's say, some water into two glasses, and we, we see that one of the glasses won't hold the water. It's not large enough. So then, you know, so if we ask ourselves, well, why did we pour the water into the larger glass? We can know why we did that. So that's kind of like a simple kind of decision. But many of our decisions are just not so simple. Like, um, for example, at, at, at a restaurant, looking through this huge menu of all these items, you know, I think a lot of people, they just like, they go on a whim, they go on a, on a, on a, a gut feeling or a hunch of what, you know, they feel will, will taste good. Or like, you know, deciding what, what you know, um, what kind of job to take or whatever. You know, these, these, a lot, there's a lot of complicated decisions where, yeah, we, you know, we can only really guess at what the real reason is why we do things in a, in a lot of cases. Yeah, um, and sometimes we'll guess the right reason, and sometimes we'll guess the we'll guess the totally wrong reason. Um, you know, for, for example, um, I, I I make guesses as to why things are done. For example, um, at my job, when customers buy alcohol, um, we put the bottles um, we put those glass bottles in in like these little brown paper sacks. And they call them the alcohol bags. And I, for a long time, I was wondering, well, why do they do that? And I've never asked any anybody, and I don't know if this is right, but I have a guess as to why they do that. And my guess was that theoretically, if somebody dropped it and it broke, that would at least help keep all of the glass shards together in that bag so that someone could dispose of it without getting cut. That was my theory. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good um, that's a good guess. There's because then you, you might ask yourself, well, I mean, like for example, a jar of pickles could do the same thing, but you're not going to like wrap up a jar of pickles. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Why is it something specifically that they do with the alcohol, but that they don't do with the applesauce jars or the pickle jars? It may be I don't know. Like there's different laws in different states, but I think in some like you don't want to have the appearance of like for example drinking in public or carrying like for example if let's say you're going to like you buy your groceries but then you're going to go over to somebody's place not with your all all your groceries but just with let's say the wine or something so i think they give you that extra bag so that you can carry it without walking in public you know appearing like you're drinking alcohol in public i mean that, that, that would be my guess. And you're right. We're only guessing. Who knows? Right. That, but that's the point is that I automatically just made that guess, you know, because I think that's what we do. Like, have you um, heard about the blind spot in our eyes that it doesn't actually see, but the brain fills in what should be in that, that part of the vision? Wow. I haven't heard of that, but I've also heard like apparently we see things upside down, you know, yes. and then our, our brain flips things. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. That's It's kind of weird. It's like, just like image editors have an ability to flip images, you know, vertically or horizontally. It's like our brain flips it vertically, um, what we're seeing. And I'm like, well, that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so we make guesses all the time without even realizing why we're why we're doing it. So yeah, um, 
But to the extent that we are aware of what, why we're doing what we're doing, we'll see that it's because it causes us pleasure to do some things. Even if not now, it may cause us pleasure later on that we consider greater than the pain it may cause us now. But yeah, we but we can we can go so much further with this. Um, let's see. What were you going to say? Something? No, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about how things things are done for reasons that we're not conscious of, and we've talked about the hedonic imperative, and we've talked about the causality and a causality thing. And let's see. I was I was I was think I was thinking of something. Um, oh yeah. Then there's other bizarre things, like the fact that there's things that we want to do, but we aren't actually able to make it happen. Like, um, for example, recently I've, I've had these nights where I'm just not able to fall asleep, you know, and why can't I just, you know, flip a switch and turn myself off for the night? You know, that, that's a fine example of how um, we now that particular thing is where we're unable to do something. It, w it would seem simple that somebody should be able to just fall asleep if they want to. But yeah, we're yeah we're given a choice. You either fall asleep or not. You know, you're right. And most free will believers say, and then you know, they then they might say, well, we don't have free will. In everything, in, in some things we have a free will. And Chandler, I think we have to be a bit more um, honed in on what they're actually saying that have a free will to do and not. Because, like, for example, another thing aside from sleep that we could point out is, like, we were talking about this before, that, you know, well, given a choice between eating, you know, enough where we'll, won't gain weight or we'll lose weight or not, you know, obviously, you know, that's not up to us because like otherwise there would be no no obesity problem. Yeah, I think that's a really fine example because that's something that's so popular. I mean, <laughs> when I say it's popular, I mean, there's a lot of obese people. <laughs> I know. But yeah, basically, because, um, yeah, you would think about if you would think about this. Why why would anybody be obese? Because it's it certainly isn't pleasant. Why would people uh, why would people be addicted to cigarettes and alcohol and cocaine or or whatever you know whatever your particular drug might be, you know there. But yeah, these are great examples um, because there's obviously some reason that we're craving certain things. Um, and then there's also um, the example how what try not to think anything for ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, Chandler, I want to go back to this one. Stay with us for just uh, another minute, and then we'll go right to that because that that is a good one. But like, I think the major um, obstacle, in other words, like we can't choose to feel as good as we want to feel. In other words, like you know, sometimes we have negative moods we become angry sad frustrated afraid and all and so like you know you would say you would think well if we have a free will we can just choose to feel great all the time and then the, the follow-up question to that well if if our free will does not allow us to feel good 
as 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 good as we want, what good is it? <laughs> yeah. You know, what good is a free will that doesn't allow you to to like to prevent negative feelings or to um to experience positive feelings? Yeah. Why are so many people depressed? Why are they unhappy if they could just choose to um choose to be happy or choose to just get over their negative feelings? Right. So a free will believer say, well, fine, I can't choose, you know, to feel as good as I want to or not feel as bad, but I can choose between an apple and an orange. You know, <laughs> and so no, I said, we say, to them, yes, a big deal. So what kind of free will is that? Well, yeah, think about it. It you're, This free will that people claim to have, it, do, it doesn't let them make it doesn't let them choose to be happy. And it doesn't uh, let them choose to stop being obese. Um, and it doesn't let them fall asleep. Um, <laughs> well, come on. Where is the practical implication of this free will they claim? I know. And the happiness thing, I mean, like, it, it has a quintessential importance because everything is about happiness. Why do we want to lose weight or not gain weight? Because we predict it will make us happier. Why do we want to fall asleep when we want to? Because we want to, you know, sleep enough to be happy. So, like, you know, happiness is what everything is about. And if we can't freely choose to be happy or not to be unhappy, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree there, George, because... Um, if you can't be happy, I mean, if you if you don't have a choice in how happy you are, then I fail to see what good it is be, uh, choosing between an apple or an orange. I, I mean, you know, you, you're and and aside from that, you're gonna eat whichever the apple or the orange or the banana or grape that causes you the most pleasure at that time. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I th I think that this is an important thing because think about it, um, psychologists, you know, um, antidepressant medication, all that stuff would be gone if people could just choose to be happy, you know. Oh, game over! The life would be a blissful, complete paradise. Yeah. And then some. Then some people will say, you know, because I mean, hey, I, you know, I run happiness groups. I kind of like you know, make myself and help other people make themselves happier all the time. But, you know, a free will believer says, well, that's an example of free will. No. I mean, like, if we're able to do that, we're, it's not that it's a freely willed decision. We're lucky. You know, we know we value happiness. We've learned how to do that. But obviously not everyone has. Yeah. I mean, and I actually, George, I don't see what's so hard for people to get about this. It's true that once you've learned a technique that helps you become happy, helps you lose weight, or, or helps you play chess better, or whatever it might be that you're wanting to do, it's, yes, sometimes that, that information will help, will help you um, because you, want, you, it's, you already want to do something. You already have that desire, which you didn't choose, driving you toward wanting to be happy or, want, or wanting to lose weight or the, be the world's best golf player or, you know. And then along comes the information that starts a reaction and gets the desired result. Yeah, the question is, so why can't we do that all the time? I know. Yeah. So Chandler, yeah, you were so like you were um, 
we were beginning the discussion of like our not being able to like empty our minds, right? So go with that because that that's also another excellent example of why we wouldn't have a free will. Yeah, because if you ever try to not think of anything, it doesn't work. You end up thinking of something. You end up thinking about that you're trying not to think. Or it's like when someone tells you don't think of pink elephants. The first thing you're going to think of is pink elephants. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But look, let's let's staying focused on like not being able to like clear our minds of thoughts. You know, once we accept that, and I, I don't think anybody can deny that some people might claim, well, no, if we meditate for 20, 30 years, we'll be able to do that. I doubt that. Um, even even so. So so the, the best we come up with is the one person out of like seven billion may have free will, which which would be absurd anyhow. But but the, the idea then that follows from that is like if we can't clear our mind of these thoughts that we're having then are we really responsible for the thoughts that we're having in other words like you know we're trying to make our mind empty these thoughts are coming up can these thoughts that come up possibly be freely willed if we're actually trying not to have them yeah because part of the problem with free will belief is it causes people to blame others for simply having thoughts. And this is really absurd because how can anyone choose to not have any given thought? Because that would mean you would have to think the thought before you think it. I think Sam Harris said something like that. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah, you would have to somehow predict in advance that you were going to think a certain thought and then somehow modify your brain chemistry so that you didn't think that thought. <laughs> and the other thing is like, um, let's say, you know, you know, a person, you know, says like, all right, I can choose an orange instead of an apple, right? Now, here's what, what we can do to kind of like get the person to understand that it's not a... It might be a quote-unquote choice, but it can't be a freely chosen chose choice. It can't be a free choice because all we have to do is ask them, well, for example, why did you choose the orange instead of the apple? Sorry, he might, the person might say, well, because I like oranges better than apples. Fair. Then we ask them, why do you like apples, oranges better than apples? And at a certain point, even at that point, the person would have to admit, I don't know. So, so, so basically, the, the person is simply being programmed in a way that he's not even aware of to prefer oranges over apples. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I love that because this brings the final example I want to use um, explaining why we don't really have any choice at all. Because when we make a quote-unquote choice, we do so based on our strongest desire, but the fact that we don't choose our desires, we don't choose which we like of the fruits, the apple or the orange better, we don't choose sexual preferences, we don't, we don't choose favorite colors. Remember Felicia? Um, she tried to make her favorite color be something other than blue, but it didn't work. And it's like we're born a certain way. And we just have these preferences, so we can't give a reason as to why we prefer something more than other, but we do what we prefer. Yeah, and a perfect analogy is we're kind of like organic computers. You know, a computer will never freely choose anything. 
because it's always choosing based on its programming. We're no different than computers. We just have organic programming in the, in the form of genes and then these memories and all. Yeah, and it's an interesting thought, isn't it, that obviously all of the memories that we have in our brains, our past experiences and the, the desires are somewhere stored in cells somewhere in our brain, just like all the data um, on in a computer's RAM or hard drive, uh, which the programs base their decisions on is running. It's the same basic process. It's just that, as Jerry Coyne has said it before, we're wet robots. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because we're we're full of water, but we run pretty much the same as electrical machines. Exactly. It's the exa same exact principle. We don't program ourselves. Computers don't program themselves. And so, like, yeah, that's the perfect way to understand why, why we don't have a free will. If we can't program ourselves to be certain ways, obviously we, we're not doing things from a free will. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so plain, and I really think that somebody can make a case not just against libertarian types of free will, which for some reason tend to be based on indeterminism, but I also think that there's forms of compatibilist free will that also don't exist, because you see all these examples of people not being able to do what they want. Well, compatibilists, I mean, the, the, they're... You know, they, they use what's known in philosophy as the classic straw man argument. They simply change the meaning of free will. They say, like, for example, if I do it, it's because I'm doing it that makes it a free will. It may not be up to me, but because I'm doing it now. Do these people seriously think that, um, that Darwin and Freud and Einstein would have bothered to, like, refute a free will like that? You know, do, do they seriously think that this is what this issue is really about? Seriously, I don't see how anyone who has investigated the topic of free will at all can come to the idea that you have a free will just because it's you doing something. It's like, let's say your back itches. You didn't tell it to itch. You didn't choose or will it to itch. Your back just itches, but it was still your back to itch. Therefore, your back freely willed to itch. That's right, and we, we can apply that to a computer. A computer did a certain calculation, it did it. So are we going to say then, like, well, that means that it has a free will because it did it? It's absurd. Yeah, and also all the cars that crashed into other cars in these big car wrecks, well, it was the car that did it. So it's the car that freely willed, and the car should be punished. <laughs> exactly, and another, I guess, compatibilist, um, sometimes I get the, you know, the, it's it's so irrational, their explanation. Sometimes I can't differentiate whether it's a libertarian defense for free will or compatibilist. For example, some people will say that, well, you want to know something like, you know, there's causality, and I guess there's a compatibilist. Compatibilists will say, there's causality, and that's sure. That, that kind of like, you know, it, it would seem, no, no, they're, they're saying that, that there is causality, but we still have a free will. And sometimes I think compatibilists will say that there are different kinds of causalities. There's, there's a causality that, um, that applies to everything but human beings. That somehow, like, we, we, because we're human beings, we have this magical power to circumvent 
this causality which would otherwise render free will impossible. And, yeah, I find that very strange because, yeah, they believe that humans are somehow possessed something extra. Like Mitch has talked about this, how they believe that humans have some extra thing that overrides the laws of nature, that somehow overcomes determinism. And how in the world does that even make sense? Because there's no, first of all, there's no way to say that humans have a free will by any definition without also applying that to dogs, cats, horses, pigs, whatever, you know, because they're, they're basically the same as us. But aside from that, you don't get a choice in whether you're human or not. You don't get to choose what species you are and what brain you have or soul if they try to throw a soul into the mix. So how is it up to you? <laughs> Yeah, Chandler, you know, hopefully we'll get more people on the podcast tomorrow. And I've got a list of a lot of different kinds of free will defenses that have been proposed. And it might be good if, like, maybe this is like, you know, refuting free will part one. And maybe tomorrow, if, if the group has agreed, we can continue on this and just go one by one with these defenses of free will. And each of us, we take turns kind of like explaining to the audience why that just does not give us a free will. Why, why either it's a, a miss, it's a redefinition of the term free will, or why it's illogical in some, some way. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. So we'll consider this part one of refuting free will defenses, and then we'll probably do some more of that tomorrow if the co-hosts agree. So it, did you want to end this episode? Uh, yeah, I think we've covered enough. Yeah, yeah I think we have. Okay, you've been listening to Chandler Klebs and George Ortega on free will, science, and religion, and I hope you've enjoyed our brief explanation of different ways of understanding we don't have a free will, and we'll probably be continuing this in future episodes. So thank you for listening, and goodbye.